0: just getting dark and I had kept my rain fly off and I was the only one who kept the rain fly off so I could look up and see around not for that reason just because I wanted to keep it airy and so there's a deer wandering around every once in a while I'd pop my head up and be like guys it's it's just the deer he's back and then uh, everyone's like starting to like fall asleep blah 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 and we hear this it's like getting pretty dark we hear this straight up crashing through the woods like tumble 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 like super loud running super fast it was headed straight towards my tent and there was like the log right before my tent and I looked up and I was like guys and I didn't even know what to say I just started screaming we start
1: so when we find us so- Welcome to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan, and this is the podcast where I talk to experienced thru-hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a thru-hike. Today's guest is Fiddlehead, known off-trail as Paige Pasquini. She earned her thru-hiking cred on the AT, Colorado Trail, and Long Trail before hitting the PCT in 2019. In this episode, we have fun talking about a jolly man with a beer belly, the Ultimate Girl Gang how ambling up the AT turned into a go-go-get-it-done PCT, and the gear she always brings, without compromise. You can find this episode and all previous episodes at hiking-through.com, where you can also find show notes, photos, and links for any gear mentioned in this podcast. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Fiddlehead. Welcome to the Hiking Through podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to admit that having watched Tip Tap's videos, I I was intrigued.
0: Crazy, right? Very. Yeah, she did a great job. She did a great job. I've watched a ton of videos, a ton of YouTube videos, as I'm sure a ton of other hikers have, and these are. I think she just did an amazing job of capturing it and giving information. And yeah, it was crazy. Crazy to watch that back for sure.
1: Do you watch it back now and reflect on that, those moments, that time?
0: I have not watched it back since probably the month it came out because it makes me cry every single time uh. that I watch it. To be honest, it is super, yeah, it's it's super hard to watch, watch it back because it makes me like miss Miss everything so much, and I feel like I don't know. I'm, I'm over a year from getting off the trail, and it's easier to just like plow headfirst into whatever I'm doing <laughs> than to like and like look and look forward to all the things that are coming up than to than to think too much about all the stuff that happened because it was just so beautiful and so crazy. I talk to a lot of friends a lot, and that's that's what keeps me connected there. So.
1: Have you said, I think she was mentioning, but that you guys had some sort of group chat going?
0: Yeah, we have a group chat. We have a, a, I think it's called GroupMe on Messenger, and we we are in touch every single day. All 11 of us (laughs) pretty much uh, send updates about our lives, pictures, make fun of each other, uh, throwbacks. And encourage each other. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We have a girls-only group that just the three of the girls have that we post about guy stuff going on and other weird things. And yeah, it's pretty neat. We're we're in constant contact, which is awesome because that's how we were on the trail. So, <laughs>
1: which is which to me f- seems a little unusual that you guys were able to maintain the the connection, the togetherness without too much I mean I'm sure that there was some family squabbling but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know but but still through it all or or in spite of it all you guys are all very close still it seems like
0: yeah yeah it was I have so many things to say about the group dynamic that happened.
1: (laughs) We called ourselves like
0: the blob. Yeah. It was just like crazy. It was like, unlike anything I'd ever heard of or seen of in my entire like through hiking experience. And I don't like, I would never go back and change any of it because it was super unusual and unique. But at the same time, if I could have done it again, I probably would have spent a little more time solo. So, there's like a double edged sword. Like, I got to have this amazing experience with 11 other people, and we really made it work <laughs> in the craziest <laughs> way possible. Um, but at the same time, I've other through hikes that I've done where I've done them more solo. I've had like a totally different experience, also.
1: So. Now, how long? I yeah. mean, I know TipTap didn't get it come into you guys until after the Sierras, but how long were you with the main larger group?
0: Um, a little bit before Kennedy Meadows. Um, I had met up with them and there's this whole like rearrangement that goes down, which is kind of like this big anxiety thing, especially for me. The the social part for me was like the hardest part and it's always been like the hardest part of any trail, but especially going into the Sierras because it was one of the highest snow years in record history. Mm -hmm. And so you really like had to like choose a group um, (laughs) and almost felt, (laughs) it was crazy. It almost felt like a, like the last person picked for like the soccer team, you know, yeah. like head captains and stuff like that. And so we were all just like hanging out in Kennedy Meadows, just like trying to decide how we want to do it. If we were going to commit to each other, then if we're going to break off into smaller groups, yada yada. So it was just this like high anxiety situation. You know, who's going to leave with who? Blah blah blah. And then we all just like ended up choosing the same exact day. And I think we all went to like head out into the Sierra's together um nobody just wanted to commit or say it because it seemed like such a like unrealistic thing to do be like hey how about 11 of us try to go in and do this but it just happened to work out that way and then tip tap and a few of her crew uh ended up cycling in with us a little bit later it feels
1: a little um hunger game-esque
0: oh totally it was crazy (laughs) it was crazy it was the most bizarre and you're hearing you know They're hearing a lot about like the Sierras were impassable, Mm -hmm. people were flipping, you're stupid to go through. There was a ton of fear mongering and none of us had been through that year. So we had no idea (laughs) what the truth was and what, you know, what was the smart thing to do. Yeah, it was really intense. It was definitely like an intense, especially the weeks leading up to it were super intense, just hearing different uh, things online, different reports, different opinions from everybody else around us about what was the right thing. So yeah, it was wild.
1: It feels like there was sort of a couple of different groups of thought. There was obviously the the flip. There was, I'm going to go through it, hell or high water. And then there was the group that seemed to be, I'm going to at least go into it and see what it's like and see if I can do it. And I, I'll bail if I have to.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 I think, I think ours was like a mixture between the last two that you said, because mm-hmm. I, a part of me hates to admit, but our group, was uh kind of known for like pushing miles and that's just who I wish I wish it hadn't been like that, but like I'm that way too. <laughs> and I think like hike your own hike, um that's just like that's just like how I enjoy the trail more is to just challenge my body and challenge mm-hmm. myself that way. But we definitely came off as this like overly ambitious, go-getter kind of group mentality thing, which I think turned a lot of people off. And I'm sorry to anybody we turned off. It was just like, <laughs> you're so in the moment. It's so intense when you're out there. And of course, then you get 11 other people together who think the same way as you. And you're just like, we're going to get through this together. But and no, I've definitely felt unsafe in a lot of situations, but never were we pushing each other to do things where we felt unsafe. It was always like, Hey guys, do you think we can like make this work and get through this? That was really nice too.
1: Actually, I would love, since you, since you've spoken about it, I just, I would love to touch base a little bit on that aspect of feeling unsafe and sure. f- either figuring out a way around it or figuring out within the group how to make it, I guess, feel safe enough or. Totally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that t- two examples just popped into my head, but I'll just like go over it, I guess, quickly. The first thing oh, that I thought of. There was definitely, there's one point where we had one of our, we had a fourth girl with us and she was going back to college. So she could only hike like part of the Sierras with us. And she was shorter and much more petite. And we were going through a river crossing and she stepped on her pole basket and lost balance and got taken down the river pretty much. And it was the scariest moment of my life. One of the scariest moments of my life. There was a few other in there that Mm -hmm. was pretty freaking scary. And, like, no one reacted at first because it was so fast and we didn't know what to do. And then one of our friends, Pocket, he had actually done the JMT uh, five times before. So he was the most experienced one in our group. He ran down the river after her. But it was just, like, happened so fast and it was so crazy. And afterwards, we all sat around and we're just, like, looking at each other, like, what the hell are we doing out here? Like, in all reality, we're a bunch of 20-something-year-olds playing in the mountains. But, like, not small (laughs) mountains, like east Coast yeah. mountains like we're playing in like the big league like should we even be out here and I know there was a lot of you know debate like if you don't have experience what are you what are you doing out there you yeah. know are you putting yourself in danger are you putting everybody else in danger and like first responders rescuers blah 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 um, so we had like a serious many many serious discussions like that and it all came down to like we were willing to support each other through it no matter what and if we felt unsafe there wasn't as many dip out points, but there were some that were available. And just a few things that were super cool that I just want to bring up. Mostly, there's mostly men in our group, and we we're all in our 20s, like late 20s pretty much. But the guys would uh, like make a chain across the river, and we have like tons of videos of it. And it would just like make me cry every time I thought about it, because they're all just like our big brothers. But, and they would help us across the river, help the girls across first, which is just super nice because most of us were a little bit smaller. Yeah. Um, and so, just just stuff like that, or like teaching us, you know, going over how to use our ice axe. A lot of us didn't know how to use our ice axe, or glissade. Just doing little glissading uh, <laughs> tutorials before we went up and over passes was super helpful. And so, everyone was really patient and just wanted to like all get through together. So, yeah,
1: it was pretty cool. So, it was sort of the 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 bonding of, you know, everybody's taking responsibility for everybody else and or totally. accepting that responsibility yep. for everybody else and so nobody's trying to
0: run ahead or you know whatever no not definitely not in this year we were kind of just like in it together to just get get a, get through it and get it done honestly it was it was beautiful but every day it was just so i'm sure you've talked to other through hikers i've listened to some of your podcasts recently but every day was just this like crazy crazy adventure like starting in the dark at 4 a.m like cold shoes I've never been so cold in my life, just getting up and night hiking until the sun rose uh, while the uh, snow was still firm um, up and over one or two passes a day. And it was just emotionally exhausting, uh, like fording rivers. I was, I've never done that before. It was the scariest, scariest thing I've ever done. So just like the anticipation of not only physical exhaustion, but just emotionally like, Holy shit, when is this going to be over? It's so beautiful out here, (laughs) but but damn, it's so hard and so like every every hour of every day was a new adventure and a new like super super intense challenge. So
1: So when you guys came out of it, when you dropped down into Kennedy Meadows North and that area and you're like okay, we did it. Like what was that feeling like? I was
0: heartbroken. <laughs> I was honestly Oh really? I was honestly heartbroken. Yeah, I was super and I think the portion of the trail after that was the hardest part for me. And I think a lot of people in my group would speak to that too, because we were, I'm sure you've heard the term like type two fun, Mm -hmm. like the kind of fun where you're like, could, could like, something could go wrong any, any second. And most of the time it's not fun, but we were all like type two fun kind of people. And I think we got so used to the intensity of it and like the beauty that coming out of it, it was like, it felt so surreal. Like this huge thing we'd been waiting for, anticipating, planning every single day was finally over. And now all we had to do is like hike to Canada. So it's like walk to Canada. Like, of course it wasn't right. that easy, but you know, this big thing was finally <laughs> over and we were definitely, you know, we were relieved. But at the same time I was like, damn, like that was, you know, it's just like anything like after it's over, you're like, holy shit, that was just like the craziest thing I've ever done. And I'll never get to experience that again. So it was it's a little anticlimactic. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh man, now we just like gotta walk, keep walking. There's not really any of this crazy left. So,
1: what did you learn about yourself going through that or having done that now?
0: Oh man, um, the Sierra's a PCT, or well, I guess let's focus on the Sierra it, specifically because yeah, sure.
1: You know, I know the PCT isn't the only three hike that you've done, but yeah,
0: yeah, but the most recent for sure.
1: But we'll get and we'll get into the to the rest of them as well. But just as you say, like the, the going through the Sierras and and being, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally up for I don't even know however many weeks that you guys were in there, how did that change you both as a person and as a as a through hiker in terms of like what your expectations Oh, that's a good are?
0: question. I don't know. Let me think. Um, <laughs> no worries. I don't know. I guess the first, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is that I really like hard stuff. I know that's a superficial maybe way of thinking of it, but I love to like, I love to challenge my body and challenge my mind. And this was the first time that I had to do both of those things because a lot of the hiking that I'd done before, even though it was physically challenging and like emotionally challenging in certain ways, this was like a puzzle. The series was a serious logistical game that you had to play. And I had never done that. I literally had never done anything like that before where I had to think so much about just walking north. And so it made me think like I really, I kind of like route finding. I kind of like mountaineering a little bit. So stuff like that was really interesting. I liked that challenging aspect of it. And what else did I learn about myself? I can do some crazy shit, I guess. <laughs> and, and to keep it short and sweet, like you can really do some crazy shit if you want it. And, uh, and you're smart about it. I think the smart, the smart part too, is really important. Nature versus ego was played a big role during that section too. And just being like, you know, nature is going to do what nature wants and you have no control over it. And so just being, being aware of that because as a through hiker, and I'm sure you heard a lot about this is like through hikers sometimes develop this ego of like I can conquer nature or um <laughs> you know right right you probably heard this people yeah. people touch on this a little bit before but this year it slapped you in the face and you know it's like a whole nother animal so that was a nice reminder like we're out here to to enjoy but also just like respect it so
1: did it change at all the way you pick the people in your life
0: Hmm, that's a good that's a good question I think it that like leads to like a whole bigger, thing. <laughs> a larger um, conversation. Yeah, that's okay. That, that's okay. I'll just touch on it really quick. The first yeah. thing that came to my mind is that for all my through hiking like adventures, the social aspect has always been the hardest part for me. So not the physical part, not the planning, not the logistics, nothing like that. But also just like the I want to. F- I'm I'm very much a social person who wants to find a trail family, and so that that has always like guided my through hikes entirely almost entirely so that being said that i got to be a part of this like crazy thing that i don't know has ever happened in history about just like a bunch of people tromping through the stairs together in a group of 11 that that was like a huge made a huge impact on me because i got to be a part of it and i got to contribute to it too so
1: your other hikes which you started with the AT mm-hmm. And, and you did have a trail family there, correct?
0: I did. Yeah, I did. I had a wonderful trail family for that, for that hike.
1: Was that a family that had kind of joined from the beginning or did you kind of accumulate people as you, as you went up the trail?
0: We accumulated people as we went up the trail. And I like looking back on that through hike versus this through hike, it's just like light years apart in that phase of my life i think it was oh my god it was crazy it was five (laughs) years ago maybe six years ago um i took six and a half months to hike the at and i took like i think almost two months worth of zeros and i partied my (laughs) way honestly i did and it was the time of my life i like it was like my introduction to the trail uh culture and like I know the AT and, you know, the PCT have like such different trail cultures, mm-hmm. but yeah. I was just in that phase where I wanted to like experience everything. I wanted to go into every town. I wanted to talk to every local. I wanted to do everything that was offered to me. And it like, I had the best time of my life, honestly, but that compared to the PCT, it was just, you know, it was type two fun versus like, let's just have a great time and see if we can make it to Canada it was just or make it to Maine. It was just such a big, big difference. Yeah,
1: was that when you had started the the AT? Was that kind of your expectation or your your goal for it? Is to just like yeah. literally immerse yourself in the experience? <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally, totally. And just <laughs> I I think I cared I think I cared a lot less about getting to Maine. We always used to say like getting to the Katahdin is just like this. Um, it's a mentality versus an actual physical destination, and that's how my whole everyone I surrounded myself with on the AT felt we were like out there to have a good time, experience everything, go to, you know, go to every town. It was just crazy. It was a wild, wild trip. And we made it to in just in like a lot slower and a different way than the go, go, go mentality of getting through the PCT. And just, just me even saying that, like getting through it, you know, um, that's kind of was my mentality for the PCT.
1: Was that the mentality that you had going into it or that sort of evolved as you experienced the environment of it
0: honestly it was how I started it after I I'm a waitress and I it's amazing because I get to take off time from work but I don't get to take a lot of time off and, and it allows me to do all these crazy things and crazy adventures but every hike after the AT was kind of under a time constraint and a money constraint if I'm being honest so I wouldn't, I didn't really give myself like, oh, like when I left for the AT straight up, I was like, I don't care if I ever come back to my job. I don't care if I ever go back to where I was living. Like I have literally a, the most <laughs> unlimited amount of time in the whole entire world. I could be out here for five years. It doesn't matter. Um, but every hike since then, I've kind of been under like a more like financial restraint and time restraint as well. So I've been like, okay, I have four months to get this shit done. Let's go out and do it, you know, and it's worked for me. I I haven't really wanted to been more than four months out in the woods to be honest so it's kind of evolved in that way
1: so you had your soak up every moment experience and now you can switch the the type of way that you hike
0: without totally yeah 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 exactly like i've got the experience the carefreeness of the at and then you know some little guys in between and then the pcg was more just like get it done and make it through safely kind of thing
1: do you have any interest in hitting the CDT?
0: Absolutely! <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're, we have a joke that, and I'm sorry to anybody else who might hike next year, but the Blob, which is what we call it, we all want to hike town. it next year in 20, 2021, baby. We all want to do it in 2021. So whether that's like a realistic goal or not, yeah, I would love to do it next year if it feels safe enough and everything is relatively, you know, back to normal yeah let's do it next year
1: <laughs> so the the blob is coming. be ready
0: yeah, yeah, and I get it. I get it. people are super you know it's hard when you're when that's not your thing when you don't want to roll into camp and they already be loving people loud and obnoxious cracking jokes, like I totally get it, and you know we've definitely tried to tone it down and be respectful and yeah. So I get it. I'm so sorry for anybody out there who didn't like us. I apologize deeply, deeply, deeply. You just get so caught up in the moment. And, and yeah, there's plenty of space on trail too, you know, to to stay with people or get away from people. So, yeah. so DDD 2021, if anybody wants to join us, we'll be out there.
1: <laughs> but But how often, really, are you going to have the opportunity to get 11 people doing yoga on the trail?
0: Never! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe never again. It was my birthday present, and it was the most wonderful. They let me teach them yoga, which was super fun. But yeah, it's super. It was rare. It was really, really this crazy, rare experience. And that's why part of me was like, let's just dig into this because I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to run away from this because I don't know if I'll ever have this opportunity again to do this with this amount of people or this group of people. So,
1: when you say dig into it, do you mean in that in that day in that moment or in general?
0: Yeah, like let's just. A part, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of the times I was like, maybe it's time for me, especially after the Sierras, so many times we would talk about, um, like, maybe we should all part ways, you know, our hiking paces are different, so-and-so wants to do this, so-and-so has to pick up a package, but I don't know whether it was, like, the FOMO of, like, fear of missing out on what the group was doing, I'm sure that had a lot to play into it, but... Um, A lot of times I try to convince myself like, hey, why don't I wait a day behind, let these guys go ahead and I'll have like my own adventure that I wanted on the PCT outside from this group. But I just never, I never did it because I wanted to like lean into that experience of like, hey, we're in a group of 11. We've been through some shit together at this point. Maybe we should just like stick it out and ride it out and just finish it up together. And I think that's what, that's why all of us stuck together is because that's how we felt.
1: Now, if you had actually stayed a day behind for a moment, and and kind of done the solo thing for a little bit, that would have meant you would have had to sleep alone, probably.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I like this topic. (laughs) (laughs) This is is such an interesting topic I understand
1: from your Instagram that that is not something you're excited about.
0: Oh, my God, it's crazy. I, I did the Colorado Trail by myself, I think two years now, and... It was my first experience ever, because on the AT, I never slept alone, not one time. Actually, once, I think, but I was like, I don't know. I don't remember at this point. But it was my first time sleeping alone. And I'm pretty sure, honestly, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but every single night that I went to bed, I was freaking terrified, which is just like, and I don't know, I think that feeling went away on the Colorado Trail a little bit, like as the days went by, and I was alone all those days. (laughs) But it's just like, I don't know, everyone has something that they're... Whether it's mountain lions or bears or meeting strange people on trail. Like, mine is just sleeping alone. It's just, like, this weird, weird fear of mine. And it doesn't really come from anything. I've never had a bad experience. It's just, like, yeah. But the Colorado Trail is really meant to, like, get me more familiar with it. But, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely more comfortable sleeping with people around me than I am by myself. the truth. It's the truth. So,
1: are you, uh... What was I gonna say? So, was was the Colorado Trail besides for the experience all, a little bit of tough love for yourself?
0: Oh, totally! It was crazy, it, it, and I always tell people like that was my favorite trail, not only for like the views and like the surrounding and just the the nature of the trail, but because I did it by myself, like pretty much the whole time I was alone. And even though this like blob experience was crazy and fun and wild and exciting being alone and like making your own decisions and deciding what you're going to do every single day and where you're going to sleep and every, everything is up to you. It's just like the most empowering thing in the whole world. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It was just super, super empowering, super empowering. So.
1: Was, was that the idea going into it or was that just something that you found on the trail?
0: Um, that was definitely something that I wanted to do going into it because okay. all of my, I had done the AT and the long trail the years before, and I had been surrounded by people the whole time there. So I was like, cool, let's try this other thing where I'm alone in nature (laughs) and uh, see how that goes, see if I like it, see if I can do it. Um, And it was challenging in so many more ways than I had ever expected. And I don't, I'd never wanted to quit a trail more than the Colorado Trail. (laughs) Honestly, honestly. And now, of course, like two years later, I'm like, it was my favorite trail. I freaking loved every second of it, but like, I didn't, it was really scary and really hard. But just because I was doing it by myself, that's what made it super special for me.
1: What was the hardest part of it?
0: Um, Thunderstorms were really, Mm. really hard for me. It was my my first time in Colorado. And I, of course, did minimal research, as you do when you're about to go on an adventure. And I talked to a few people, read a few things, and that was kind of it. And yeah, I didn't really understand the nature of high altitude thunderstorms and how they roll in at two o'clock every single day no matter what and what that looks like and it was really scary and at night with like thunder rumbling and you're the only person in the woods that you know of and there's nobody around you it was just it was super super intense it was super intense so but the crazy part is that i learned so much too (laughs) on that trail like about thunderstorms but also about yeah about thunderstorms about like yeah uh Timing, planning, where you need to be, what you should be doing, if you get caught in one. Um, yeah, just stuff like that.
1: Is most of the trail above tree line or does it kind of go up and down?
0: It kind of goes up and down. I was okay. a smart, smart person, which was not really that smart. And I chose to do, I forget what it's called, honestly, but there's a, at, in Leadville, you can choose to take like the high route or the low route. Pretty much there's two options. And I was like, cool, like I'm going to take the high route because I'm a badass. And I just got wrecked <laughs> up there. I got so wrecked, <laughs> and I was so alone. And I got so wrecked. And uh, I don't know if we have time, but I have a crazy story about about a thunderstorm up there. We have all the time in the world, Paige. Go for okay, it. Okay, cool, cool. I'll tell you just all summer, summarize really quick. But I was alone, and I was under uh, basically under time constraint. I was trying to do it the trail in twenty days, and there was people behind me, and they're like, "You're welcome to hike bus. And I was like, "No, no, I like really got to keep pushing." I'm under a time constraint, really intense time constraint, and a money constraint. I got to keep going. And those are the last people I saw for like three days. I was above tree line. A storm rolled in, and I started running downhill, running, running, running to try to get below tree line. And I have a garment in reach um, to check the weather and stuff. And it looked horrible. It looked horrible for the next two days, and I knew I had to go back up. And there was one car in this parking lot, and it looked like kind of like... It might be owned by a dude with a gun or somebody out like <laughs> hunting for the weekend. Cause it was all rigged out. It had all these like fancy things on it. It was a brand new truck. And I was like, why don't I just sit by this guy's truck for a few hours? It was already dark. One car in the parking lot. I was in the middle of the woods. I don't even know where it was just crazy. And this guy comes out of the woods with a gun over his shoulder. He looked really grumpy. He had this nice little belly. And I was like, I'm really scared. That's what I said. I was like, I'm really scared. Like, is this going to be okay? And he was like, I don't know. Like I'm sleeping in my truck tonight. I was like, are you going into town? He said, no, town is two and a half hours away. And he walked to his truck and I went and go set up my tent. And I was like, this guy could be a murderer. Like, I don't know. He's not very friendly. And then 10 minutes later he comes over and offered me a Budweiser. And then we sat and chatted underneath his car for a while. And he let me, call my mom on his fancy garment and I was just scared and crying and didn't know if I should lose the trail or not. And then the next day we woke up and there was clouds in either direction. And I knew I had to go back up above tree line. And so I put on my backpack and I started walking down the road and he said it was a two and a half hour drive to town. And I was like, maybe if I just walk down this road, I'll run into other people camping and they can give me a ride to town so I can get out of here. And then about Half an hour later of me walking, I see this really nice jolly man, the same guy, pull up in his cool ass truck, offer me a drink, offer me a beer at 9 a.m. And be like, you want to ride to town? I'm going to town. And that was it. And we drove two and a half, three hours together in his car and talked about life. And he dropped me off at a breakfast place in Swida. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, but, but crazy, but really scary. <laughs> so,
1: People surprise you.
0: They do. I know this jolly man with a little beer belly came out with a gun. I was like, "Well, this is it." And <laughs> Yeah, he just wanted to be alone in the woods, and said he found a crying girl under a tree. So <laughs> we, that we must became have been an we image. became pen, pen pals. Yeah, we became pen pals, and we read each other now and then. And yeah, it was. It was I'm sure it was a weird experience for him too. But yeah, yeah. same for me. So it's it's funny.
1: Not that that was necessarily the hardest moment on trail, but it's almost like the two sides of the coin. It's such a difficult trying moment that turns into such a wonderful, beautiful moment.
0: Totally. Totally. And I think for some reason for me, the things that are the hardest are always the most beautiful. So yeah. um, I don't know if I like put myself in positions strategically (laughs) that are difficult, so you can learn a bunch of crazy shit from it. I don't know. It's just, they're always more exciting to me for some reason. So, yeah. Where
1: did your trail name come from? And and is your trail name actually Fiddle or Fiddlehead?
0: It's Fiddlehead. It's Fiddlehead. And okay. we chopped it down to Fiddle because pe- people are lazy and they don't want to say. <laughs> okay. But it's Fiddle. It's Fiddle. It's Fiddle for short. Um On the AT, I was named Feather within, like, the first day of me hiking, and I thought it was way too girly. And my original trail family on the AT, I asked this guy named Pigpen, who was an East Coaster as well. I asked him, I was like, can you name me after, like, a plant or something? Like, I really hate this name. This was, like, a month and a half in I asked people to change my name, which is kind of taboo on trail. And they're like, yeah, if you don't like your name, like, we'll give you a new one. It's no big deal. I was like, maybe after a plant, like, I really like plants. And he's like, how about Fiddlehead? I was like, cool, that sounds great. And we went over like what why he had chosen that and uh what that meant to me. I'm I spent most of my time before coming out to Colorado in Vermont and Burlington, Vermont, and Vermont is known for fiddleheads. And people eat them, there's a brewery named after them. Um but they like the sun and they open up really slow and they're really shy and they're kinda of hard to find. And so that's why he chose it for me. <laughs> How perfect! <laughs> and and I loved it. I was like, yes, I would take this name. This is a good one. So,
1: and it's definitely going to be unique.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's a good one. When I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: flip to another Instagram picture moment where you're <laughs> doing pretzology or pretzology. I guess. pretzology. I guess it was a. Yeah, tell me. Here. I actually took a little snap of it so that I wouldn't lose it. <laughs> um, okay, pretzology. How many combinations of pretzels, fun dippings can you find in your? Backpack?
0: Oh yeah, damn, that was so long ago. Wow. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Do you want me to? Yeah. Yes, do you have questions only when we talk about it? Sure. Sure. Um, so I got a throw relationship on the AT, which you're never supposed to do, obviously. Everyone Say that one more time. You did do, a what? That was the first. I got I got in a trail relationship on okay. the Appalachian Trail, and everyone told me not to do that. And of course, that was the first thing that I did because that's what <laughs> you do when you're tw- tw- twenty one and living in the woods. And uh, I ended up baby. traveling with this guy for. A re- I was a child. I had no idea what was going on, and uh, I ended up traveling with this guy for a really long time, just the two of us, and it was amazing and beautiful and wonderful. And uh, and he had done the Appalachian Trail before not the year before but the year before that two years ago and so he was like you know the cool more experienced hiker and so yeah we were just taking our time in the woods living the life and i think one day we ran out of food and we just had pretzels and a bunch of weird dips left um <laughs> and so we just sat down and and that was like lunch just like peanut butter nutella biscoff i think it's called it's like that cookie spread um yep. avocado sriracha yeah we were just going to town on pretzels and uh yeah, it was super... There's it was fun. It wasn't there. nutritious at all, but... Yeah, yeah. It was It was fun. Like, there's no... Trail food is hard to make good, so at least make it, like, fun and weird, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah I was I, a good I,
0: time. I could see
1: this being a nice change of pace from the normal bland potatoes and sides and... Yeah. You know, that type of thing.
0: Yeah, and back then, I, like, I was... I'm pretty sure I was just on like the ramen train on the Appalachian Trail. Food was like getting creative with my food was not like that was not that important yet. Cause I was like, I still love cliff bars, you know? And after the AT, I was like, I'll never eat a cliff bar again. So I was still on the like, oh, ramen super chill and like oatmeal's great and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I was still on that route.
1: So now that you've changed your food trail, what do you do now?
0: Now I'm one of those assholes who does cold soaking, to be honest, (laughs) or I don't cold soak at all. I'm just like a a snacker, I snack throughout the day. A lot of the people in my trail family on the PCT, they, I want to say like five out of 10 had already done through hikes. And those five were pretty experienced and had like the newest, coolest gear. They were all into cold soaking, ultralight backpacking. And it was really, really fun. It was super cool to learn from them. I had already done a bunch of through hikes too, but I cared a lot less about my gear and uh, my weight of my backpack. And just talking to them decided after this year to get rid of my stove. And I ate a ton of honey buns, Pop-Tarts, candy, cold soaps, uh, beans and chips and cheese. And off trail, I eat mostly vegan. I eat gluten-free. and i'm super i'm super conscious about what i put into my body and on trail i do not give a shit it's just like my body just runs through consumes anything i put in it which is like the beauty of hiking in a way too especially if you're a female just eat a snickers bar at 10 a.m so that's that's my approach now it doesn't it doesn't work for everybody it just definitely works it definitely works for me my body just doesn't care at all when i'm on trail so which is awesome which is awesome
1: I have to say that that probably is the penultimate moment for a woman, you know, having a a Snickers bars, a no guilt Snickers bars at ten a.m.
0: It's the craziest feeling in the world. It really and going into town and having two breakfasts and like four mimosas and and not worrying about like how it's going to make you feel like physically and emotionally just because your body takes care of it. Your body is in like I don't know. That's like such a a part of the trail life that I really enjoy is that I feel, even though you're beating your body up, I feel like humans are meant to move around that much. Like we're hunter-gatherers, we're meant to be in motion. And so for me, that's when I feel my best and like most authentic is when I'm moving around that much, I guess.
1: Yeah. The body is meant to be in motion.
0: Totally. I think so. <laughs> I think so. so how is it for <laughs> you
1: coming off trail?
0: Um, this time around?
1: Any of the times.
0: Oh man, it's been every time has been super different. The AT was devastating. I guess I'll just talk on the AT and maybe the PCT because they were super different. But the AT, the AT was devastating. It was. I felt like I, I definitely had post trail depression. I was lost. I was super confused. I was like, I have to keep hiking because this is my identity now, and I have no idea how else to to deal with this. And I felt this crazy amount of loss. Like I remember, I couldn't, I couldn't hike or i would just like lose my shit because of all the crazy memories it brought up honestly it was wild and i had that trail trail relationship thing and that really took a took a beating on me and just meeting all these amazing people and then going back and having no one to talk to just everything i'm sure people have talked like spoke on on your podcast and then this time around the pct it was like the complete 180 or 360 whatever difference in how i felt when i got off trail I was so excited to be done. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get back to my normal life. And it was just so funny how that evolved over time, I guess. And I guess it just depends on like where you're at in your life and how you're feeling. But yeah, this time around, I was super stoked. A lot of the girls in our group, we would talk about like, let's come up with a concrete list of goals and ways of behaving that we want to bring from the trail into real life. So we were a lot more like grown up and organized about it. Like, how can we fight post-trail depression? How can we stay in touch? All that kind of thing. So the, the moving off of the PCT and into real life this time around was a lot easier than the other trails. Yeah. For sure.
1: Well, it, it's so interesting because, you know, on Instagram you post your monthly goals yeah. or, you know, your Always. monthly, uh, what, what actually do you call those sheets? For yourself.
0: Um I just call them monthly intention. Yeah, just okay. intention. Just you're, like you're kind of draw intentions. awareness to what I want to yeah, focus on totally.
1: And anybody who's who's out there listening to this should go and check these things out because they're actually brilliant. Oh no! Just, <laughs> but, oh, no. but they are brilliant in terms of like Thanks. like you say, setting your intention, focusing on what you want to focus on for the month. Totally. Yeah. Which is which is so brilliant. But you also then do like at the end of each of your trails, you also do the sheet of, you know, the, the statistics part of it, but then also the mental emotional part of it. Yeah. And you kind of do yeah. your, your, your summary, so to speak.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm like, I'm an OCD planner, so it comes <laughs> off a lot and those, and those lists. <laughs> yeah. It comes off a little too much, too hard on those lists, but yeah, yeah, they're all out there. <laughs>
1: But what was so interesting to me is like on the on the PCT summary, you have the hardest part for you, or one of the hardest parts for you was the social dynamics of it. Totally. But one of the best parts of it for you was the girl talk. The yeah, girl game type time. of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: The uh do you want me to talk touch on that a little bit? Yes, please. Um I guess the like I said earlier, the, the social part, I'm, I'm a super socially awkward person. I know Instagram looks a certain way, and it's so funny yeah. and deceiving. Um, once you once you meet somebody in person, but I, I have, like, severe social anxiety, and it's super hard for me to um, feel comfortable connecting to people. And the trail makes it really easy, of course, because you're all out there for this common goal and, like, common shared experiences, yada, yada. But at the same time, it, it's clicky as hell. Like, you know, you have about 10 minutes of meeting a hiker to decide if you're going to click with them. If you want to hike around them, be around them. So yeah, it's a very, I want to say it's not a judgmental space, but at the same time, it can be also, especially if you're, uh, nervous. Like I'm always super nervous meeting people. And so even, even I think like about halfway into the Sierra is I still didn't feel comfortable in the group, um, socially. And I I know that comes from like my own insecurities and like past experiences, but yeah, it takes me a really long time. Just like the name fiddlehead. It takes me a really long time to like open up and feel like comfortable and confident and able to be myself around people. So that, yeah. And I'm constantly questioning, questioning everything. Like, is this the right move? Should I be with these people? Blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's also like an exhausting thing to keep, you know, keep questioning all the time um but then the girl gang the girl gang really brings it around cuz no matter what you know you it's you can relate to guys as much as you want but just having like that girl talk up in the, the night or sitting down and gossiping for half an hour it can sh- you know and just laughing your ass off like that can yeah. just change your whole day really it really can so
1: and you had a pretty cool girl gang gotta say I did
0: I did, <laughs> I, did. I did between um, you and Tip Tap and Eleven <laughs> <up>. yeah <laughs> Yeah, Eleven, it was really funny. Eleven and I, uh, I'll tell a quick story about Eleven. She actually just Faith. came to visit me. I miss her face so much. She's the most badass chick I've ever met in my life. But uh, she was in the cool group, as we say. She was hiking with these like really cool hikers. And I remember we were hiking up this hill one time, and I had never met her before. I didn't know who she was, had never creeped around social media, anything like that. And this girl <laughs> comes up behind me, and she goes, She goes, excuse me. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I've never had a female pass me on trail, especially one who just like yells at my back, like, excuse me. And then I just like moved off. You know, some people like they stand, they chit chat. They're like, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And she was just like hauling ass up this hill. And I was like, who the hell is that girl? Like, how dare she pass me? You know, like, who who is this girl? Like, I need to find out who this woman is. And that was like our first introduction to each other. And then after super, super close, and we, of course, had heard a tip-tap on trail because she's also a badass and she makes beautiful videos. She has a beautiful Instagram. And, you know, the through-hiking culture, as sad as it is, is like very, very Instagram central, I guess you could say. Yeah. And so we had creeped on her a ton and we would like giggle when we thought we were going to be near her. And we were like, <laughs> who's going to talk to her first? Like, it was just like this crazy girl crush we had going on between me and Eleven. And tip Top. of course, had no idea because she's like the most modest humble person I've ever met in my life, like super grounded. And, you know, 11 talked to her first and we would run off the trail and like ask each other how it went and all this stuff. So it was crazy. Total and girl we crush. became really good friends after that. Yeah. Total girl crush, which is awesome. <laughs> like it's awesome to like want to lift each other up and be like, Holy shit, that girl's amazing. So yeah. Yeah. it's pretty cool. It was
1: pretty well, cool. I think that that's, that's such an interesting aspect of any of the trails really I mean, particularly for, for women, where you're out there doing this incredible, hard, kick-ass stuff. And obviously for yourself personally, and I use yourself in a more metaphorical term than just you personally, <laughs> but, <Sure. laughs> um, you know, for yourself personally, you're showing your, yourself what you can do. But again, like you were talking about between you and 11 and, and tip-tap, there's also that, that bonding that lifting everybody up celebrating being the badass
0: totally totally it it exists out there even though I think sometimes it can be hard to find because there aren't a lot of females out there and there's more and more and more always all the time but they're like I said it's like it's it's a really tricky I don't I don't mean to like scare anybody off by saying that this is just my experience it's Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, you have like 10 minutes of meeting somebody or like a town day um, and you make all these quick judgments about people, you know, and you already have your trail family. They have their trail family. And uh, and yeah, it can be like, um, but then you sit down with a person, especially another female for 10 minutes. And you're like, holy shit, we're experiencing all the same things. And like, you just want to, yeah, you just want to be their best friend and like lift them up, you know, So,
1: which is amazing if I may say so. so. So
0: cool. Yeah, super cool, super cool.
1: <laughs> it is also fascinating to me, something that you also just said about like uh, Instagram and creeping on Instagram. It's so interesting to me how interconnected everybody is and how a creeper, I guess, is one word for it. But yeah, <laughs> how people follow people like on the Instagram in terms of tracking where they are or watching what's ahead of you because somebody else is ahead of you and you know that that they're there and so you're kind of following what's going they're going through and it's it's so funny to to see the interconnection of it all
0: I know and a part of me honestly like a part of me like hates it a lot and is like (sighs) it's it's a little (laughs) frustrated by the whole thing because you know but of course like playing the devil's advocate because that's exactly what I'm doing but um, <laughs> yeah. a part of me thinks like a part of me thinks like you go to hike to hike and to like be in nature and to experience it and be super present but at the same time I'm avidly posting online and I think <laughs> what I've justified it is by saying um, it's all about what your intentions are behind posting whether it's YouTube like YouTube videos whether it's Instagram whether it's podcasting is it to gain attention or likes or whatever? Or is it to inspire people, inform, um, connect, like that sort of thing. So I try to keep it on more towards that edge of things. And I've honestly 90% of the shit I've learned has been through message creeping on people online, messaging them and hoping they respond and asking them a bunch of questions about through hiking. So I highly encourage people to do that. Because that's the best <laughs> way to find out is to, like, it's it's just, like, ask people who know, you know? Like, you can read as many blogs as you want and yeah. watch them on YouTube. But just, like, reaching out and asking can never hurt, too. So
1: so I take it this was before you started through hiking? Or was this, has this been the evolution while you've been through hiking is it's reaching out to people and, and asking them questions and that kind of stuff?
0: Totally. I still do it. Like, I still do it. I want to, I would love to hike the JMT this year and I creep on people all the time. Like I'm on the Facebook page, not avidly, because that that is a scary place. But on Instagram, you know, people who are experiencing it, who are out there now, you know, how's the show this year? How's the water, How's the river crossing. And the thing that you notice is that people love to talk about what they're doing. (laughs) So they love to be, that's in my experience, they love to be asked like, Hey, like, did that piece of gear work for you? And I still ask people all the time. Cause I, I, I'm still learning and every trail so different, you know.
1: Have you evolved to, um, a little bit more ultralight? I know you said that you weren't really too, too concerned about it, but.
0: Yeah. I, I just actually treated myself. Like I said, I, I'm, I, I'm a waitress and I teach yoga and I don't have, I guess, a normal income. And this was the first year that I was able to buy all new gear and I did and I bought things that I thought would work for me and things that I were excited about or that I was drawn to in a more ultra light you know keeping in mind what my specific needs were and blah 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 so yeah this is the first year I bought myself a whole bunch of new stuff but I'm really excited about it um after five years of doing through hikes this is the first time I invested in some new gear and it's I think it's important I don't think it's like the most important thing but i I'm a gear, I love talking about gear, I love picking people's brains about it, but I do you know I'm sure you've heard this, and I'm sure I think a lot of your listeners have read online or in other places that it's super personal, you know what some, works with somebody yeah. else won't work for everybody, and you know take take what you want. I take a journal with me and a book on every single through hike. <laughs> I love it, and that i don't I don't compromise on it like I will never not have a journal or something to read at night. it's just to me, that's the most important thing in the world. So it doesn't matter how heavy any of those things are to me. But yeah, everyone's different. Everyone's so different. what
1: was one of the the new pieces of gear that you'd splurged on?
0: I just got a Feathered Friends sleeping bag and a Mountain Laurel design backpack. And I'm super, super stoked on both of them. I haven't tried them out yet, but I just got my Mountain Laurel backpack yesterday. And the Feathered Friends just got their... Uh, women's sleeping bags in stock and i ordered one of those 10 degree i'm a super cold sleeper i'm afraid of being cold i hiked with a zero degree big agnes five pound sleeping bag for all five of my three hikes or four metro hikes and this was the best i could do without going zero degree so
1: yeah so the, the big agnes five pound was that
0: sufficient in the sierras did it keep you warm Honestly, I was so cold. <laughs> I don't mean to like scare <laughs> or freak anybody out. I was so cold. I had sometimes my friend Lancelot, he would come in my tent and like sleep next to me because I was super, and a lot of us would do that. We would share tents because it was super cold. But I also was a dum-dum and I used a uh I forget what they're called, the non-inflatable pad. z light. Yeah, I used one of those and I used a torso length one. So from your hips to your shoulders. <laughs> and apparently... <laughs> That is not sufficient to keep you warm because the ground is super cold, which I learned in the Sierra and will not do again. But but yeah, I was cold 99.9% of the time that we were in the Sierra and the desert. The desert was actually a lot colder than I expected to, but to carry a five pound sleeping bag from five years ago is just, it was just too, too heavy, too heavy for what I wanted to do with it. So I got a new one. And
1: so what made you go with Feathered Friends?
0: I do not like quilts. And I wish I was a quilt person so, so bad because it would make my life so easy because the choices are right there. Everyone loves quilts. It's the way through hiking is going in the quilt direction. But I like the cozy-ass hood. It's all the way up. (laughs) It goes around my head, and I can, like, curl up in it. And so that kind of narrowed me down to Feathered Friends or Enlightened Equipment. And I just – honestly, I thought the – the feathered friends looked more plush like it looked more cozy and I really wanted it to be cozy so I I got <laughs> I went with that one and I haven't got it in the mail yet so I hope I like it and if not you know I'll, I can return it and buy it in my equipment and try something a little bit different
1: are you a backside uh stomach sleeper um what?
0: I'm a, I'm a belly sleeper which is kind of weird okay. no pillow just face flat on the ground belly <laughs> That is kind of weird. <laughs> super weird. My arms straight down by my side. It's really, really bizarre. But yeah, belly sleeper all the way. So you're I'm almost asleep. like the reverse mummy. Yeah, yeah. Just um I, I never really had many problems like hip soreness as far as playing on that like super thin pad. Um a few times I did I went without a pad and that worked too if you're on soft ground. Of course not in cold weather, but yeah. So the padding is not super important to me because I do lie on my stomach.
1: Now, what made you go with the Mountain Laurel backpack? What was what was the design parts of it that you really loved?
0: I originally, last year, I actually hiked with a Superior Wilderness Design backpack. And I also, it was a custom one like they do. And I, I, I really, really liked it. I just got one that was too big for me. All around, like the length of the torso was too big. The backpack itself was too big for me. And a few, 11 who I hiked with on trail and this other guy named Beaver, they both had Mountain Laurel design backpacks. And I love the way I'm super, I'm a, I'm a super, super, like superficial person when it comes to things, but I just liked how it looked. It looked awesome. It looked beautiful. It looked well-designed and you could customize it a little bit, but I don't, I don't really like too many options. (laughs) I just want, you know, give me the backpack you think is the best one and I'll I'll make it work. So yeah, that's kind of why I I liked the way it looked. They seem to really enjoy it. So I just went with that one. And it looks beautiful when I got it in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) So it, tech- <laughs> it, it checks the first box. It looks good. It looks great. I can't wait to can't wait to try it on. Yeah, it's, it it awesome. It was suggested to me by friends, and yeah, I'm not super technical about stuff. I like, I don't know. I know I like it or I don't like it, and then I just buy it if I, if I like it. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much the most research I do into it, which which keeps things simple for me because like I'm a gearhead and I like to talk about gear, but I don't I don't care that much about my own personal gear really.
1: So you're you're more into the theory of gear,
0: the the theory is that what you said.
1: Yes, the theory of gear.
0: Yeah, 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 totally. Like, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I like to follow the trends; they're fun and exciting. I'll entertain a conversation about gear for about fifteen minutes with other thru <laughs> and then I'm like, you obviously know way more than me and care a lot more than me. Um, and but I like to listen; like, it's really really fun to learn. Like, things have evolved so much. Like, I had a 55 liter Osprey backpack. When I first started, with was like a full frame. And I remember it being the heaviest, like, I forget the name of the hospital in Georgia, but they weighed our backpacks and I had the heaviest backpack of my group on that starting day. And I was, I had no idea. I was like, I thought I crushed it. You know, I had read every blog out there, had messaged every person on Instagram like I could find, um, read all the gear reviews, bought all the things. And I had no idea what I was doing. So <laughs> yeah, I'm still I'm still learning. There's so much to learn, and gear keeps evolving, which is just crazy.
1: There's it's funny. There's sort of the hiking side of through hiking, and then there's the gear side of through hiking.
0: Yep. And there's a I definitely have met people before who are uh, I don't know how to say this in a, in a great way, but who are really good at gear and just not really good at hiking. Does that make yep. sense at all? Yeah. Or they. Yeah, and it's possible to have, like, it's really, really possible to have invest in all the right gear and still have, like, a difficult or a hard through hike. Like, the gear, I don't think it makes or breaks your hike. It just makes it easier or a little bit harder for you. And I think one more thing I want to say about this is that even on the PCT, which I thought was going to be a super remote trail and I wouldn't have access to towns, I would order shit on Amazon every other week if I needed it. And I could get it shipped to town that week and pick it up that week. So even, even though like, oh, my Sawyer broke or this or that and you feel, you know, the PCT is so remote, I could order stuff online or get things replaced or order a new jacket and it would get there the next week in the next town over. And people did that all the time. So even in remote trails, if you're not happy with your gear, it's super easy to change stuff out out there.
1: Thank God for modern technology.
0: Amazon Prime. Crazy place. <laughs> you can get anything. What is your
1: like your favorite favorite piece of gear
0: my favorite piece of gear it was my big agnes sleeping bag because it was gigantic and huge and cushy and it was just like zero degree the warmest thing ever and i'm walking into my room right now to see i ordered i used to carry have you ever heard of like a lucy light um they're Uh the blow-up lanterns they're the blow-up lanterns and they have like a uh a solar panel a little solar panel on the top and i used to carry it for my three hikes before the, the PCT, I carried that as my only, I didn't carry a headlamp. <laughs> and uh, my reason behind it was because I never did any I hated night hiking. And so at night, I would just use it to journal and read. And that's all I would use it for. And then I invested in a actual headlamp on the PCT. And that is my new favorite piece of gear. It's I'm looking at it right now. It's called Nightcore. And I forget the company that makes it. Maybe I can send it to you later and you can put it in somewhere. But That would be perfect. Yeah. They also make these little pouches and I ordered online and I had it sent to me and the the guy was super nice. I was like, can you get this to me next week? And he's like, he's like, <laughs> Here, these takes these take six weeks for us to make these things. And he was super nice. He had a backup one and he sent me that. Um, and it's my new favorite piece of gear. So it's it doesn't hurt to just ask if you can yeah, have stuff forwarded to you a little bit quicker if you're in need for it. But yeah, I'll definitely text it to you and send it to you. Perfect.
1: Now, what makes this light so special or so awesome? So
0: fun. Okay, we. Well, <laughs> it's super small, which is really fun. It has a few different settings, and like I said, I'm not very high tech, so I just need like I need a light to work. That's all I need it for. And then it all it's held by is, like this little piece of string, and that's adjustable. And it comes in five colors. And how cute and fun is that? It's super easy, <laughs> really simple. <laughs> <laughs> not not complicated at all it's rechargeable um everything's light and simple and easy and that's why i really like it
1: and so the you said it's just a simple string so the band is just a simple string yeah it's just a piece of string it's like a
0: stretchy little piece of cord and it's awesome and i guess it helps that the company was really like responsive when i said i needed it quicker than they usually do which is always like a nice thing they're like hey we get it you're a hiker you're screwed in the Sierras, let us get you one (laughs) ASAP. So (laughs) So that was super nice, you know, it's nice to order things from hikers because they get where you're at and what you're doing. So, So when did you
1: decide that you needed the headlamp?
0: (laughs) Uh, Going into the Sierras, I was like, I need a headlamp pretty bad. I was carrying, and the Lucy light, I can send you a picture of it too. Maybe you can post it. It's really funny. It's like literally a lantern about the size of your hand. Um, and it doesn't, it comes with like a little string on the top. So I would just walk with it out in front of me, um, <laughs> car- carrying it in my hand. This sounds very 1860s. So it's how And I like never thought, and on the PCT, you do you night hike and you morning hike in the dark, probably 75% of the time, like so much more than I ever expected. And the the LA aqueducts was the first time that I had to pull out my Lucy light. and everybody around me was like what the hell is that like where's your headlamp i was like i don't need a headlamp i have this lucy light (laughs) i don't really do a lot of night hiking and they're like dude you're gonna do a lot of night hiking like the sierras as you know like about what that entails and i didn't really know and blah 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 that led to another conversation but yeah the whole aqueduct i just held this little we did it at night because it's really hot during the day it's pretty brutal and we night hiked it and i held this little lantern out in front of me for i don't remember how many miles but probably four hours at night just dangling between oh my, my fingers <laughs> like a weird like a weirdo and then after that i was like i should get a headlamp because it seems a lot more practical like reading and writing is fun at night but i can also do that with a headlamp so that was a see see what i mean like even now i'm like still learning so much like i i've done three four through hikes and i was trying to carry a lantern on the pct you know
1: but i so love that image beige <laughs>
0: Oh, I have a I'll send you one of the pictures. It's ridiculous. I look crazy. Oh, Please but, but yeah, please send me that picture. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. So. so the
1: headlamp sort of rocked your world.
0: Yeah, the headlamp is a crazy invention and it's awesome. And it's I barely it's it's really light and I forget I have it on my head, which is nice. So yeah, that's definitely one of my new favorite pieces of gear. And because I just bought all this crazy new stuff, I'm really excited to try it out and, and see what I like and what I don't like.
1: That's the fun part.
0: It's a fun part,
1: yeah. How was night hiking for you on the PCT? As you say, I mean, there's a lot more of it just required, basically, let alone the stuff that you yeah. actually volunteered to do.
0: I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. <laughs> I was, I like, oh man, I don't know how to describe it. So when we, in the mornings on the, in the Sierra, we would wake up at like three or four in the morning and all get dressed together. And we would like stand in the circle, count each other off, like literally go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 around the circle, make sure we had everybody.
1: Was 11, 11 number 11? 11, uh, usually, usually. She <laughs> yes. would insist
0: on it. And we, we, would, we would let her have that one. We would let her have that one. But but yeah, we would count off and then we would hike through the night in complete silence until the sun came up in the morning. So that was like more of like this group thing. You could like see, we would separate, but you could see each other, you know, the lanterns, the lights along the trail. There were certain times when we would hike at night to get somewhere, especially out of the Sierra. For example, the Timberland Lodge buffet. The one (laughs) that sticks out of my head. (laughs) The most important part of the whole Pacific Crest Trail. And we would hike. We would hike. We decided to hike that hike to get to there in time to have breakfast the next morning. And I remember having my headlamp on and not seeing anybody. And I started. I would. I literally started running, like just doing a little jog down the trail because I was so freaking terrified of of nothing but of everything at the same time just like when it's nighttime and you're in the woods alone you can hear everything yep um and the light from your headlamp catches every single bug every single like (laughs) eye eye of every creature in the woods and it's just like after a while of doing that for so long i know some people find it super relaxing and just meditative but it freaks, me, it freaks me out so much. So <laughs> I, just started, I started running. I started running, 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 just doing a quick little jog, trying to distract myself. And I didn't want to put music in because I was afraid I wouldn't hear something. And then I saw somebody like up on this hill. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just run to them. And as I'm running, I'm like, what if this is not my friend? And it turned out to be 11. And we were both scared shitless. We were both just like, do you want to just hike together? And I was like, yes. Like, where have you been? Like, blah, blah, blah. So it always works out and but you create these crazy just like in real life, you create these crazy stories about what's going on or what's around you and none of it's ever true. It's just it's a lot easier to get caught up in it when you're in the dark.
1: Oh hell yeah. Because you can't see anything outside of the circle that small circle of light.
0: Terrifying. It's crazy. Yep.
1: Did you have like I shouldn't say did you have animal encounters, but what kind of animal encounters did you have?
0: (laughs) Honestly, I've been so lucky. The only animal encounter we had was this bear experience. And I'll tell you, I can tell you about it a little bit, but other than that, I've been super lucky. No rattlesnakes, no crazy, I don't know, uh, whatever. But there was about six of us camping and off the gut hooks You can read the comments like crazy deer in this area, hide your trekking poles. But we're like, ah, deer, what's the worst that's going to happen? And that, so there was a deer in the area and we could hear it. And they're actually a lot louder than you think they are. And he would come around. We'd just gotten into our tents. So it was just getting dark. And I'd kept my rainfly off. And I was the only one who kept the rainfly off. So I could look up and see around. Not for that reason, just because I wanted to keep it airy. And so there's a deer wandering around. Every once in a while, I'd pop my head up and be like, guys, it's just, it's just the deer. He's back. <laughs> and then everyone's like starting to like fall asleep, blah, blah, blah. And we hear this. It's like getting pretty dark. We hear this straight up crashing through the woods. Like, tumble, 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 like super loud, running super fast. It was headed straight towards my tent, and there was like the log right before my tent. And I looked up and I was like, guys. And I didn't even know what to say. I just started screaming. I was like, bear, bear, bear. And it was just like this little baby bear barreling towards us and towards my tent. And I think he was so afraid of us. I don't think he had seen us. And he got, he stopped in his tracks, got really afraid, and then started tumbling down the hill, like in the opposite direction. And it was like the cutest, most terrifying thing. <laughs> Because this little guy, like, didn't even see us. He was just going to, like, run right over our tents and just have no idea. I think he was just playing in the woods, like, frolicking around having a grand time. But, yeah, that was the only bear counter. We all laughed about it after, but it was like, holy shit, that was, that was pretty intense. first.
1: Um, so it was still light enough it. that you could see him? Yeah, it was still light enough. It was, like, dusk. And, but uh.
0: it, at first, I was like, that must be the deer. He's just going for a little run in the woods. But it was just, like, the bigger sound. And I don't think the bear even knew we were there. He was just like going on a little frolic and having a great time. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure we him. scared him. Yeah, we scared him. We all got out of our tents and were like laughing about it after. But if he hadn't seen us, it would have been a whole nother world of weird. So it was a good thing. <laughs> it was a good thing that I had popped up and made some noise. And yeah. That was it. That's the only, crazy, yeah, the only crazy experience we had.
1: I'm surprised that you didn't get any rattlesnakes between... All of those trails.
0: No, I was I've I've like seen a few baby rattlesnakes and maybe one bigger one, but no, I'm I'm really lucky that I never I never had any crazy rattlesnake experiences. Yeah, nature, nothing crazy.
1: But you did catch a, s- a moose on the Colorado Trail.
0: Yeah, I got to see a, a couple moose, and they're kind of terrifying, actually, in a weird way. They're massive. Um, they're gigantic, and they seem so unearthly, like they don't belong here it's just like they don't they don't seem natural or real at all yeah I got to see a few and I kept my distance because I think they're like big angry creatures I don't know if that's true or not but that's just like the vibe they give off it's like don't they just want to be left alone and let do their own thing so yeah I got to see some moose which was really fun so I feel I've seen a little bit of everything but not too much of anything I guess <laughs> what a perfect scary. summary. To make it seem scary or overwhelming, or like no bobcats or mountain lions or anything
1: like Mm -hmm. that. So, or at least not that you saw.
0: Not that I saw. That's the other thing. It's like I listen to music a lot when I'm walking, and I've definitely been really lucky. Uh, Like ignorance is bliss until it's not, I guess. But yeah, I've just yeah, and I'm very. I try to be cautious when I do put headphones in and making sure there's people around me when I'm walking like that.
1: What has been one of your hardest most challenging times on trail. We'll say outside of the Sierras, which was always challenging.
0: Hmm. Um I think I guess I think the things we've touched on before for me the physical part is the easy part. And that's just I it's straight up luck, it's straight up how I was built and everything like that. So the physical part and the part about being like in discomfort all the time, like those are the parts that I love. The parts, the hardest parts for me are are the social parts are mm-hmm. going into town and like, I love, I love town. I Everyone will tell you, Pete or fiddle. Fiddle is like the town person. Like I'm always like, should we go to the town? I think we should go to the town. <laughs> I want to experience it. I want to eat good food. I want to have a beer, yada, yada. Um, but just like the dynamics, the dynamics of, of, I guess like the popularity thing and the social dynamic of the group within the group, that part is super hard for me. And, and that's, and it's, it's so funny because it's direct. The trail it's this crazy wild adventure, but it's always like a direct reflection of whatever's going on in your real life. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can't escape yourself. Yeah. In real life, these are the exact same things that I struggle with. It's like, wanting to feel accepted, wanting to feel like part of a group, wanting to like be liked by everybody, wanting to hear that what I have to say is valid, like all these things. And taking, you know, it's, it's, it almost magnifies it when you're in the woods, you know, cause you have nothing else to do, but see, I guess your insecurities. And so for me, it's always, always, always the hardest part, the most challenging parts for all those trails for the social, the social part of it. Um, hundred percent, hundred percent
1: has the trail helped you get better at it off the trail?
0: I don't, that's a really good question. Let me try the, uh, yes and no. Yeah. Yes. And no. I think it's so funny. I have a really hard time talking about the trail or any trail in real life. When people ask me about it, I'd rather just be like, it was great. It was fun. It was really hard. But I, I, it's hard for me to, um, talk about it more than that not because I don't want to just because it's such a emotional thing it's hard to summarize in a few words I guess and and what I've noticed is that in all reality people they're curious about how it went but it's just like asking somebody how their vacation was like you want to hear it was good and they got tanned but you don't want to I don't want to hear your (laughs) day-by-day adventure in Hawaii you know what I mean so just like keeping it yeah. short and sweet is the way I found is like most effective for people. But has that affected me? I don't know. I I try to not to let. I promised myself that I wouldn't let these adventures like go to my head, as far as like my ego goes. So, yeah, I has it built up my confidence and talking to people and connecting with people. Sure, but I still have a lot of work to do on that aspect. I think. So, mm-hmm.
1: what has when you think of the trails, all four of them, what has been sort of some of the iconic moments for you? What are some of the like the best or favorite memories that that come up from them?
0: Hmm. That's a good question, um, Sam. The, I'm just going to speak to the most recent one because it just like feels the most present. But the PCT, I guess, was the first time, and it sounds so. I don't know how to say this. It sounds so like ego-y blah 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 whatever but um it was the first time that I pushed myself physically in a way that I'd never done before and that was partly due to my time constraints and my money constraints but also partly due to the group that I was in we were like a hyper competitive like go-getter every single one of us was like that and honestly there's nothing like for me there's no feeling more like amazing than hiking like a 40 to 50 mile day and like Planning it, game planning it, how I'm going to emotionally make my way through this, how I'm going to physically, what am I going to eat to like fuel myself? Who am I going to talk to? Should I listen to podcasts? Should I listen to music? Should I save this for later? Like, I don't know. Like for me, that became like one of the most amazing parts. It's just like this physical, the physical challenge of doing something epic. And that's why I started doing like a lot of ultra running and a lot of running off trail. Uh, because I like that, that crazy type two fun, honestly.
1: You like oh. the, the pushing yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I get, I have so many opinions, like, about this. A lot of people ask me, like, oh, how long did it take you to do this? Like, new hikers. And I just try to make it super clear. Like, there's so many different ways to hike the trail. Like, Hike Your Own Hike, I'm sure you've talked about mm-hmm. that many times on this podcast. But it's, it, it's so true. And it, it's the exact same thing. Like, it's, it's a replica of real life. Like, there's so many ways to do life. Same thing as trail. There's so many ways to do trail and one is not better or worse. It just depends on your personality and what your body likes.
1: I love that. It's so perfectly said.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it.
1: Did you ever hitchhike by yourself?
0: I did. I hitchhike a lot by myself on the Colorado Trail.
1: Okay. How was that?
0: It was exciting and very scary at the same time. And I was Super lucky not to have any bad encounters, which was amazing. That being said, I, per my mom's request, my family, I carried a little thing of pepper spray. Not, and the funny part is, like, not that that would do much, but more for uh, secured I guess, state of mind, state of mind reasons than like actual physical safety. But it was so funny every time on the Colorado Trail. And like that was two years ago, which feels like a lifetime ago. It feels like I was so much younger then, but I would put my backpack in the person's car and then I would put pepper spray in my phone, like in my waistband. And I never got offered a hitch that I felt like I needed to refuse. I think I always felt more comfortable if it was a female. I don't know why or what, or what that had to do with, but I think hitching alone, my best friend is actually hiking the Colorado trail and she asked me the same question is the biggest thing I can suggest is feel comfortable saying like, no, thank you. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if something feels off, like just trust your gut. Like if you don't like this person, if you hurt their feelings, like you're never going to see them again. It doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah trust your gut and just being like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm actually fine. I'm going to wait for a friend or whatever it is. Just like feeling, feeling confident to be like, Hey, no, thank you. I'm good on this one. I'll catch the next one. So that's, that's like the best advice I have for that. And that's a hard thing. I mean,
1: I think for both men and women, but particularly for women, because we've been raised to people-please. We've been raised to oh. say yes and accept what is given, um, as opposed to stand up and say no. That doesn't work for me.
0: Totally. And I guess this kind of rounds back to what you're saying. Like, how has this affected like my real life? I guess. I guess indirectly, I've become as a female, a much stronger female in what I can accomplish because of what I've already done. Does that make sense? kind of?
1: In terms of what you challenge yourself with or expect from yourself? Yeah. Or some other way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I guess I always have like super high expectations and I probably don't give myself enough credit. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> as a lot of us do, but I think you asked me how, it has kind of like trickled, that yeah. confidence might have trickled into my real life. And just being like a strong, badass, powerful woman, that if you could look at like fiddle from the AT in 2015 versus now, it is like light differences apart. And I, and I know, I know that has so much to do with my experiences on trail. Like I just know it. And that's why I keep doing it because, because of that.
1: Speaking of, of changes on trail and and going back on Instagram and creeping on you. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> one of the things that I have I did notice definitely is your hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. It's really big. No, what was So when you started, you did sure. not have dreads.
0: I had I had a few dreads underneath. Okay. I had about five or Got six it. dreads that had formed nat- naturally. And oh, it's so interesting to be like I don't know the evolution of your hair, it's like such an evolution of my life so far. I know how corny that sounds, but, um, but yeah, it kind of goes back to when I was college was like a really hard time for me. And then I started running and I got my teaching certificate and that was kind of this like huge shift in my perspective about like who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And I had, you know, I was in this really weird festival phase in college and I had started those dreads then and during the Appalachian Trail I just decided to dread my whole head and that was like what I said it was like I was 21 and I'm 28 now and it's definitely been interesting to have them and there's a lot of stereotypes behind people with dreadlocks True and I don't really fit I don't really fit that anymore so it's it's really interesting I work at a restaurant and I teach yoga and you know I can kind of get away with it in the yoga world but Uh, a lot of other jobs and especially in like the restaurant industry where we have a lot of people coming up from the South and different places in Texas. Uh, Like I'm not in Burlington, Vermont anymore. Like there's not a lot of people with hair like this out here. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of stereotypes and like, I don't do drugs. I don't smoke weed anymore. And, and so, yeah, it's kind of like this part of my old life that's still here. And I just don't really even think about it that much anymore.
1: What made you decide on the AT to, to just, embrace it fully to just go with it
0: I think it was like the wild phase of like uh I'm in you know (laughs) it was such a wild time I was like I'm living I'm living this like crazy life I literally thought yeah it was it was literally like I don't know when I'm going to come back from this trip like that's really how I felt like Mm -hmm. fully fully completely I had zero time restraints zero monetary restraints and so I was like, let's just like do it. And if I need to shave my head, like I'll do it. And here I am, of course, like six years later, still so with hair like this. But, but yeah, I, I was not thinking about the future at all. I was just straight up thinking, like, and that's what you do when you're 21, you know, 2021. You're yeah. like, I'm here to have, I'm here to have a good time. Like, teach me what you need to teach me. I'm here to learn. So yeah.
1: I guess circling back, I know I've kind of asked this in a, in a couple of different ways, but because, okay. you just, because you just used the word teach um yeah what do you think the trail has taught you it doesn't even have to necessarily be about yourself personally but
0: sure um oh man so many things and i I like try to write it's, it's a lot easier for me to write than to talk so i try to write about this a lot but <sighs> one thing that the biggest thing i learned it, it started on the appalachian trail in miss janet i'm i'm not sure if you've Talked about her, heard about her. I'm sure you have. She's like a trail angel, a legendary trail angel on the Appalachian Trail. And she was a huge part of my through hike on the AT. Was she said our last day before climbing Katahdin? She was like just keep questioning everything, like never be satisfied. Which is so funny because now that I get older, I'm I'm I think more like maybe I could just be satisfied and stop questioning so much. <laughs> but then because it's exhausting, it's a lot of work. But for the, for the past five years. I have made a commitment to myself to try to do a a hike every year. And for me, it's like this huge, uh, pilgrimage in a way. And it's a way to reset my mind, reset my system and kind of come back to what's important, which is just like eating, pooping and moving your body. Like to me, those are and like being kind, (laughs) like just keep it really simple. And so that commitment has honestly formed my life for the past five years because it seems so easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to do a thru-hike every year, but I can't get a regular job really if that is my intention to leave for six months every year. So yeah, it's really like had a huge impact on me in that way um, the structure of my life and what I'm really searching for, but I'm so I'm so committed to it and I feel like it's been like the best medicine for me to, to learn about myself and to learn about, what I want in life, that I just want to keep doing it until I'm drawn more to something else. I don't know if that answered your question at all. Sorry. Yeah, yeah
1: definitely. <laughs> is there anything that we haven't talked about that we should?
0: There's one thing that I want to say. Perfect. I don't know if this is the right like, platform to do it on, but a lot of times people, uh, they write me or they ask me or their friends of friends and they say, I really want to do a through hike someday. And I think that, like, to me, that, like, breaks my heart a little bit because there's never, like, a right time to do a thru-hike or to do any sort. It doesn't have to be a thru-hike. It could be a yoga retreat. It could be going back to school. Like, whatever it is, like, there's no right time to do it. But the way I see it is if you're, if you become obsessed with something, and you know, you'll know, like, when you read blogs about it or you're doing all this research, when you become so invested in it that your heart is in it, then you need to go do it and just try it. And like, forget about the logistics or what's going to happen after you do it. So that's my kind of like what I'd like to leave on is a lot of people ask me, like, I really want to do this someday. And I'm like, well, today is the day. Like, you need to go do it. If this is something that is in your heart, go, go give it a shot, you know? Yeah.
1: Don't, don't wait for someday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it do it might never come, you know? So yeah, today's a great way to try it out. Where
1: can people find you? Where should people find you if they want to follow your continuing adventures or have uh, questions for you?
0: I am an Instagram snob, and that's the best way to say it. So you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> I, like using, I like using Instagram. It's the easiest way for me to connect. You can find me on Facebook, too, but I don't really use it as much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Instagram's probably the best way.
1: And what is your Instagram tag? It's Paige Pasquini, my first and last name. Okay. And Pasquini is spelled
0: p-a-s-q-u-i-n-i perfect
1: I would also love and I don't know if there is maybe you have one because I would love to do a special posting of the girl gang
0: that would be wonderful they are my best friends in the whole world
1: show notes and links for Paige's gear can be found on our website at hiking-through.com Special thanks to Paige for sharing her stories from the trails and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again I hope that this conversation these conversations inspire you to seek out other people's stories and to share your own or, you know, maybe get out there and create some new ones I'll see you on the trail